the dynamics and the language within the contract is designed to protect me. And just like we have now in our contracts when we're buying, it levels the playing field and it puts more weight on our side to give us what we need in order to close. It's a much better way of doing business. Welcome to the Big Fat Real Estate Checks Podcast with Marco Kozlowski, where we help investors like you get the knowledge and skills you need to replace your J-O-B with passive cash flow for life. Hey everyone, welcome to Big Fat Real Estate Checks. I am your host, Marco Kozlowski, and I'm here with Gabriel Araish and uh, Frank Goluccio, or Francesco Goluccio, I should say. And we are delighted to uh, bring you as much great content as possible. And if you have not yet listened to the first 10 episodes, please do. It explains how we get into creative real estate by using none of our own money, none of our own credit, using asset-based lenders, among other amazing tools, which is what we're going to be discussing today. I believe we're going to discuss options. Options are really cool. Options are the not stock options where you're paying money to control a stock for a period of time or a contract, although it's, it's almost same, identical. Yeah. Well, it's similar. kind of similar. exactly the same, yeah. except you don't need a lot of money in, in a real estate option. Correct. You can do it for a dollar, you can do it for a hundred dollars, you can do it and you can still control millions and millions of dollars in assets with pretty much no money if you know what you're doing. So, so you don't need necessarily money. The idea is the same. It is almost identical, except you don't need a lot of cash. How about that, Gabe? Is that yeah? Is that better? That's right. Thanks. I'm being slapped down already. <laughs> I like it. Forgive me. I like it a lot. I think we just discussed what options are. It's when you get to control a piece of property for an, a specific amount of time for a fee or consideration of some kind, and it does not have to be money. It can be a bag of chips, it can be a hug, it can be a service, it can be pretty much anything. So as long as there's a meeting of the minds on the terms, which is for XYZ amount of cash or XYZ for the Canadians out there, or Europeans or British people or pretty much anyone else who speaks English. Outside of the US. Yes. <laughs> Basically anyone else that's not American, XYZ. Zed, the the objective is to for this amount of dollars or this amount of service or this consideration this amount i have the right to buy your property uh, whatever that may be for this price by this time so those are kind of the matrix of an option of course you can get into a lot of dynamics on the language and i've seen option contracts that are one dollar i've seen option contracts that are one page and I've seen option contracts that are hundreds of pages long. So that you have different language within an option, but at the end of the day, an option is an option. Now, I don't want to get this confused with the lease option. So a lease option has a lease payment attached to it. An option by itself is just an option, no payments, just the right to buy something for a specific amount within a certain amount of time and for a specific amount of consideration. That's kind of the holy trinity of an option. Those three things are necessary to really make it work. So before we start the podcast, Gabriel said, hey, I want to talk about Disney and what he did with options. I'm like, you know the story well? He's like, <laughs> absolutely. So I'm like, go ahead, Gabe, show, show off. It is your time, Gabe. Nothing to show oh. off, but uh, it, it is a fascinating story and, and how an individual can actually be able to... I mean, when you think about it, for those of you who've been to Disney World, the one in Florida, that is, it's a massive, massive piece of land when you look at it from globally and if you look at it from the top down it's huge and you're like well how can someone secure this and you're thinking you know maybe the government was in on this or whatnot but really disney he was just really smart and he started off in with the disneyland in california that worked out really well 
And the problem he had there was that around Disneyland, there was a lot of additional buildings that were coming up that he didn't like. He didn't like the idea that these ugly buildings were coming around his park. So he started looking, and because he had success with Disneyland, he wanted to start a new park. And he was looking for somewhere warm, somewhere where he could actually control, I guess, the vicinity or the direct land that's around his park. And so he, he started looking for all, obviously he wanted some land that was cheap because he had to buy up a lot of it. I think he started looking in Manhattan, so New York, even California, looked for another location there, but the land was just way too expensive. And then he kind of found, you know, Orlando, Florida, I think it's uh, near near Bay Lake or something along those lines. And it was all swampland there. So when he started looking into it, you know, people were happy to sell their land because they thought it was worthless. So this is a good lesson on transitioning in real estate. And uh, well, maybe we can discuss this after the, we finish the story because it's basically what he's done. He's found really was deemed crappy land and was able to turn it into something that's extremely valuable. So what he did is he started, if he were going to go and buy everybody's home one by one and actually purchasing them, you know, what would happen, right? There would be the word would pass around that these homes are being sold and some rich dude is coming in and buying up all the, the, the property. So prices would start going up. So what he's done is he created a bunch of shell companies and started optioning these these pieces of land. So he would put down you know a small amount of money and he would basically tell them, well, uh, I'm going to pay you X amount of money now with the option of buying your land for this amount, X amount in the future. And he had to do this with every single piece of land until he was able to corral, if you will, the entire property that he was looking for. And he used shell corporate, different shell corporations, not his name, because if anybody knew Disney was buying this up, obviously the prices would skyrocket as well. And it's interesting because this guy was really creative and maybe humoristic. So like I read that one of his shell companies was called M, period. So the initial M, the initial T, and then the family name is Lot. So empty lot, which was kind of, oh yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> funny. Yeah. So like, you can't even make this shit up, right? Like, <laughs> so do you know how many entities he had in total? No, uh, okay. no, I, I never found, I'm sure we could dig it up and That's find fine. out, but I guess a top down story. I read that somewhere once and I found that hilarious. So he started raking this land in and people started questioning, you know, who was this going to be? And some people thought it was NASA because it was the Kennedy station uh, or the, the space station that was next to it some people thought it was the rockefeller some other rich dudes and, and some people even maybe guessed that it was disney at the time and what happened to him actually is as he was doing all this he got caught in an interview and they were asking him straight up i think the journalist caught him off guard and said hey are you the one buying up the, all this land and he kind of froze and basically gave out his hand without really saying anything and uh, you know some of the land started going up to like eighty thousand dollars an acre like it, when he wanted to finish up buying up but all in all he was able to rake in pretty much all that land i don't even know like, do we have the total amount of the land that he was able to i know it's worth I think the appraisers now would appraise us over a billion dollars just in the land. And what's interesting is most of the land is undeveloped still. And the story is that the county actually gave him or gave Walt Disney zoning carte blanche where he can do what he wants and he can dictate his zoning. And so a lot of it is protected wetlands around the park. And that's why nothing's built around it. So that's pretty much the story of Walt Disney and how he was able to acquire all this land in order to build his park, which is now worth, the land alone is worth a billion at least, if not more. And, you know, we don't even have to talk to you about 
the cash flow that this park is generating on a daily basis, let alone monthly and yearly. Yes, they uh, squeezed into my pocket several times with my kids over they the years. They squeezed into you know all what? of our pockets. Actually, it makes yeah. sense because uh, Walt Disney, when you go to the parks, because you mentioned it before with his uh, California park, you can see the outside element. And that's what he didn't want to happen at Walt Disney World. So when you're in Walt Disney World, whether it's Epcot, if you guys are familiar with it, there's four parks, there's Epcot, there's uh, Magic Kingdom, there's Hollywood Studios and Animal Kingdom. And once you're in the park, they want you to be engulfed in that park. They, you don't see the outside elements. You don't see the outside. You don't even hear the outside traffic. That's how good it is. So he wants you to be immersed in that environment, which is, you know, the happy environment, this and that. So, you know, kudos to him to, to pull that off because it is. And parking. Don't forget about parking, well, he's, too. He's got a whole infrastructure. He's got a whole oh infrastructure. He's got his own bus transportation yeah. business. He's got is I think they got their own fire station and their own fire. Hotels yeah, they got now. Their own fire they, uh, department. Yeah. Hotels. I think I've seen the Disney Mickey Mouse police. The Mickey Mouse police, police department. department. So. You know, they, 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 they do, do have, have their own police department, which is its own problem into itself. I'm but sure. that's not what we're talking about today. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, it's amazing how, you know, just this transition of crappy land. Because all he did was fill it in with dirt after to kind of solidify it. And we're able to do everything we now know as Disney World. Magic. It's it, right. That's exactly what it is. Magic. Yeah. Some pixie dust. Got it. So, understanding the vision of what you want. Tag it up with an option. And I feel ashamed of myself because I should know the story a lot better than I do. Did his options go up with demand? Because you were saying that it went for $80,000 an acre at one point. So it, could it, the sellers actually have to sell for more? Is, is it, Were they it, able to do that? I don't think so. So the ones that you were locked in because the option was already uh, it is a consideration. But the ones right? that were going around, yes. the ones that, were going around that. So gotcha. once the story came out, if you wanted to buy any more land, that land started getting more expensive because now they knew who was buying it up. They kind of have an idea what the plans were. Gotcha. That was in the 60s. So yeah, eighty thousand, eighty thousand bucks an acre in the sixties is millionaires like a million today. dollars an yeah. acre. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, very, very expensive. So that's an option, and that's how Disney put options together. I used options for a decade, extremely successfully. I don't use them enough anymore. I've actually put that tool aside in buying multifamilies and mobile home parks and hotels. But options are a very great tool specifically with luxury homes. I did luxury home options forever. In fact, that's how I even got to this business. I'll say from a teaching standpoint, how I got into educating others on how to control multi-million dollar mansions with an option, which cost them a hundred bucks. If that, in fact, it was a, we gave a promissory note. I owe you a hundred dollars, which is a legal entity. It's a legal structure. So you'd really just owe them a hundred dollars. You don't really have to Put it down. Pay them any money. It's just exactly. So there's no money down, really. It's a promissory note or a promissory note, depending on where you're from. And then you have a an option which basically says, I will buy your property at a discounted price. We, it doesn't say that, but the price is discounted. And then we do an auction where we auction off the property and have a buying frenzy of different materials that were brought into the property to do an estate sale. I would make a piece on every single piece of item that was sold we bring in uh, ferraris we bring in art we'd bring in furniture uh, collectibles furniture you name it a helicopter once a fighter jet uh, we had all sorts of cool things brought into the auctions that people would bid on and i would make money on so even if the house didn't sell i would still make money so it was pretty interesting now it is a young man's game I took up a lot of time and it was a lot of energy and it takes a lot of people to put together. And we also gave a percentage to charity as well. We give 10%. <laughs> we give 10% back to charity. 
<laughs> I can't speak English today. I have a lisp. <laughs> and it was great. We really took care of some great people and uh, had a lot of fun at these things. And uh, whether the, the property would sell or not, and it was about 50-50. You know, we'd sell some, we'd not sell some. And, you know, we still made money, but all the effort that was put in to, you know, come out with, you know, 10, 15, 20 grand, for you know a few months work was very difficult but it still worked very very well and depending on where the economic shifts are it depends on when options work best so when the market's really flying high an option works really well because the day that you tie it up two months later by the time you do your auction it's actually worth more because of appreciation it really takes care of you and there's a buying frenzy so for example in toronto where frank lives where there's extremely fast, the market's really fast, you can option a property that's worth a million dollars today and then six months later, it's actually worth probably one one. So, you know, and it'll sell for probably one two because it's only worth one one. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So, you know, depending on the market cycle, you can really do well on options. But it's a really great tool. It doesn't cost any money. It's one piece of paper. In fact, it's not even a piece of paper. It's an electronic piece of paper and you don't need any money to do it. And as long as you understand how to structure an option and how to have the conversation with the seller, which is identical to what we do right now in our, you know, we, we basically create an impasse and through an impasse, we give a solution, which is, listen, we're not going to buy it, but at this number, I think we can do something with it and we'll shop it to our um, our investors and we'll, we'll get the best price we can. And that's how options work. Actually, the options will also give you, um, like you said before, I don't know, I think you mentioned it, a beneficial interest in that property. Interest. So if you're on the fence on something or you're trying to strategize another plan to tie that property down where you have a beneficial interest for a certain amount of time could be beneficial. I have used options when you introduced it to me, but I used it as a seller. So I used it as an exit strategy, an option to buy where I had a piece of property. It was single family where I first started it. And I gave the buyer an opportunity to buy my house within that set period of time at a set price. And I used that as a, another strategy, as an exit strategy. I wanted the house, but I didn't want to keep the house forever. I wanted to get rid of it after two, three years, so I provided an option. So options can be used to tie down for you know a property for beneficial interest to buy it, and it could also be to sell it. So it works on both spectrums. You did yes. a lease option. Mm -hmm. Yes, so you had a controlled price and then had a lease that took care of the more than the monthly payment. So there's a cash flow That's there right. for you and as you well. And you guarantee your tenancy that way, because if you have a lease with a tenant, and you have an option to buy, and understand they're two separate documents. One's a lease, like a regular rental agreement, and one's an option to buy. And when you put the two together, it's actually quite powerful because once they have the lease, they kind of talk to each other, both documents, where if they default on their lease, that means the option to buy is nil and void. And they got some skin in the game. So you kind of guarantee your tenancy during that two-year period or whatever that option is, and you have an exit strategy. And if they don't buy it, then that's okay because you got a down payment. And that's what happened to one of my properties. They gave us a $10,000 down, down, down payment uh, for the option. And sadly, you know, their family fell apart. They got divorced or whatever, and they couldn't come through with the sale. So they ended up moving out. And guess what I did? I did it again. And, you know, that wasn't my intentions, obviously. I wanted them to buy the house. But in the end, I still made money on the rent for the two years. I still made the $10,000 down payment. And I was able to get someone else in there for a 15000 down payment. And because the price increased, it was in Florida, the price increased, I was able to do an option at a higher price than before. So it just took me longer to get rid of the property, uh, to exit, but it's okay. I was still making money. 
And because you've held it for longer than a year, you actually got less capital gains as well. So when you're buying, you want to get in as cheaply as possible, but you'll see that when we're selling, Frank is getting ten, fifteen thousand dollars because that's the kind of guy he is. You don't pay me, you don't get in. Hey, <laughs> when we're buying, in the boost, exactly. In the boost. <laughs> Love you guys. The objective when we're buying is to get in as cheaply as possible, but when we're selling on a lease option, there's no way we're going to get zero never going to happen. Now, when I'm buying on an option, actually, I was telling uh, Owen this story when we were doing the, um, when he was here for a couple of days, one of my first experience, bad experiences in real estate, I just did a podcast actually on this and crazy shit in real estate. Great podcast. You should check it out. I'm a guest there where I actually got arrested many years ago because of a lease option that I did. It was a sandwich lease option where I had a lease with a landlord. So what I used to do is I used to look, call for rents by owner. I'd look for people that were landlords that wanted to rent their property. I'd talk to them and then tell them, listen, I really want to buy a property. I want to lease it. And then if they were interested in selling, I would get the best price I could on the actual rent and I would get the best price I could on the house. And then I control it with a lease and then I control it with an option to the seller with no money. And then I would sandwich it in with someone that wanted to buy a property and I'd sell for the highest possible I, I could. And lease for as much as I could and sandwich that in and get a down payment for my future buyer. So it was basically a sandwich lease option. I think this is in the early 2000s. This is 2000, 2001, 2002. And the reason I got arrested, I'll tell you in another episode on the next one. Actually, we can shoot that one. It's longer than we have time for today, but I actually had to get my record expunged. So legally, I've never been arrested because I I had to pay 10 grand to an attorney to, to tell people I've never been arrested. But I guess technically, now that I'm saying it on a podcast, I can't really <laughs> cats out of the bag, but legally, I've never been arrested, but I was arrested that day. And that deal uh, started with a sandwich lease option, right? I had a lease with an option to buy, and I sold on a lease with an option to buy. And just to be clear, my lease with an option to buy had completely different terms than my sales lease with an option to sell, right? So they're two completely different contracts. Even though they sound the same, the dynamics uh, and the language within the contract is designed to protect me on the buy and me on the sell. And just like we have now in our contracts when we're buying, it levels the playing field and it puts you know more weight in, on our side to give us what we need in order to close. It's a much better way of doing business. So anywho, so whether your you know, options are great, whether you're doing a la Francesco, you know, you're doing a lease option when you're get, acquiring a property and then getting a large down payment or your legs are broken <laughs> and you have a monthly payment to make, or you're doing it a la Gabrielle. I don't know why I feel Italian today or no, doing pasta. it really shitty and I'm going to get whacked. I'm, gonna, I'm looking over my shoulder. Yeah, too much pasta. Just, your Italian sucks, buddy. Too much pasta over the Italian sucks. <laughs> must have been something like that where you can control massive amounts of land for pennies and then build a disney disney world i should say not build a disney a complete theme park which i'm sure i don't know if uh, universal or any other theme parks did it the same way i'd have to research it and again i'm i'm ashamed of myself for not doing more research on this before we started the podcast but it is what it is and then or you're doing you know optioning an, a- an asset for no money at all just on a promissory note Promise to pay note. <laughs> I never know how to say it because everyone says it different. Uh, and the way I say it, people are like, is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> I think, isn't that how you say it? It's like, uh, yeah. Sound like Frank, uh, and, be uh, careful. It's like, li- like library. Yeah, I went to the library and read promissory note. I put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable and that's what happens. You know, you, where you're controlling a, a luxury home 
for pennies on the dollar and then selling it off and just to give you an idea if you have a 10 million dollar home that you option for seven and you sell it for eight it's a million dollars in the in it national bank so these were significant paydays not a bad day at the uh, biggest payday I ever got not a bad day at all if I, the, I was in a book for the biggest deal i did in my early 20s and that was for 2.4 million so it was quite a large and sold a yacht and a whole bunch of other stuff so it was a very exciting day being in my mid-20s <laughs> That was really what catapulted my career as a um, person that knew what they were doing, which was cool. Three days later, it was all this spent. Is... <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> Not much. No, yeah. Well, yeah. That's another story for another day. Anyway, thanks, Gabe. Thanks for that little sting. But yeah, but you don't know what you're doing when you're young, right? And it's hilarious. That was over 20 years ago. And it's bananas. It's absolutely bananas. Like, I can't believe I've been in the business that it's long. It's like $8 it's million today. Yeah. <laughs> It's crazy. Yeah, it's really crazy. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so it's there's so many cool things that you can do with the right tools and the knowledge of how to use those right tools and the language and strategies in order to get in with those tools that you can make millions and millions and millions of dollars with an option either on acquiring property, selling property, flipping property, and I'm sure there's a lot of ways that we haven't discussed as well. These are just three basic ways that we've all had experience with that can really make a huge shift in your life without needing money, but using skill instead of cash. And that's why we're here. So guys, thank you so much for, I hope it was a great episode and pardon me, forgive me for my uh, terrible accent and uh, having a lift at the end of the day. <laughs> Forget about and, it. Uh, Forget about it. Where's my, where's my, where's my, about it. Have you, do you have my red sleepler? I need my red sleepler. So it's a great movie, by the way, if you don't know what I'm talking about, you'll, I'm sure we'll get letters or hate mail. I'm not sure which one <laughs> it is, did. but appreciate you all. As a listener, you guys rock. And Frank, Gabe, you know, brothers from another mother, I uh, really appreciate you both. I'm blessed and grateful to have you in my life as well as you as a listener. If it wasn't for you guys listening in on this shit, we'd be talking to nobody. And uh, we really appreciate and grateful for you as well. So make sure you leave us a great comment. And we're over 900 now, so we're very excited. And uh, we really appreciate you as well, the listener. And uh, thank you so much for being part of the journey. And again, if there's any topics that you want us to discuss and broach we don't get enough emails at all like hundreds of thousands of downloads and no very little we thought you loved us very little <laughs> I, I know very very little feedback on what we should be doing on the next topic so if you do you know something that you want us to discuss we'd be delighted to do it we're always looking for new topics and we will definitely bring it to the forefront so we appreciate you again like it love it share it you're the best and appreciate you for doing what you do, listening, and make us part of your lives. And we really do appreciate that. So have a great day, crush it, and we will see you on the next episode. If you like this episode of Big Fat Real Estate Checks, then show some love by leaving a comment and a good rating. Also, as a thank you for tuning in today, we've got a special free gift. The journey to passive cash flow for a life starts by finding deals, and it's easier than you think. Simply go to GetDealsByTuesday.com, enter your email address, and we'll send you a free quick start course called Deals by Tuesday. Even if it's 11 p.m. Monday night, this course will show you how to find discounted real estate deals by Tuesday. It's that fast and simple. Go to GetDealsByTuesday.com and start your journey toward life-changing cash flow today. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next episode. Mm -hmm.